Hallelujah. Appreciate all the good singing. Enjoyed that. I, I like that. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Praise God for that. Any of you ever heard of a fellow named of Hathcock? Carlos Hathcock. The Vietnamese called him La Trang, which means white feather. He was one of the Marine snipers in Vietnam. I think 90-some confirmed kills. And, uh, but that's not what made him a hero. Uh, he was a, a great Marine, great sniper, but uh, he was uh, in a half-track with several Marines. And uh, it was hit by a mortar, and, and he went in the fire and saved many of those Marines' lives. Got burned up real bad. And uh, he he died last week. I hated to hear that. Oh, uh, Carlos Hathcock Latrang. And one of the fellas that attended his funeral was uh, Gunny Sergeant Hathcock, his son, following in Daddy's footsteps. I like that kind of commitment. I remember reading a story, and I didn't know this young Marine, a young 20-year-old Marine by the name of, of Johnson, a black boy from Chicago, was in a bunker with a bunch of white Marines, and, and a hand grenade come into the bunker, and the young little bitty fella, he wasn't very big, Johnson yelled out, I got it, and picked it up like a football and ran out of the bunker and threw his body on top of it to save those Marines. I believe it was, I don't know what year, it, the bombing in Lebanon. seemed like it was 1983 uh, when they bombed the barracks in Lebanon and killed all those sailors and Marines. And a lot of them were hurt really bad. And uh, they carried them to a hospital ship right off the coast, flew them by helicopter, uh, out on that hospital ship, and uh, the commandant of the Marine Corps decided that he would come and and pin the Purple Heart on those Marines himself. And they landed him on that hospital ship on a helicopter, and uh, he went from bunk to bunk, putting the Purple Heart on those young Marines. Then he came up to the bedside of one Marine who who was just about dead. He had uh, lost his sight, couldn't speak. His legs were uh, hurt or blown off, I don't remember. And the commandant of the Marine Corps come up to his bunk, and he bent over and pinned that purple heart on his pajamas. And that young Marine reached up with his hand and, and felt those stars on his collar. And he knew who it was. And he tried to talk and couldn't talk. And began to move his hand like he wanted to write. And, and one of the nurses got a piece of paper and a pen and gave it to the young Marine. And he wrote on that paper, Simplify. And if you're a jarhead, you know what that means. It means always faithful. That means that jarhead was saying, I was glad to do it. I was glad to give my life. I, I was glad to be wounded for my country. He said, I would do it again. Boy, one day you and I are going to stand before our commander-in-chief, the captain of the host of the armies of God. Man, I want him to say, well done, thou good and, and faithful servant. We need that kind of loyalty, that kind of dedication. I've known some brave men. I wish I had a whole week just to preach on valor and, and uh, the country and the flag. But I've known a lot of great men. 230-some won the Medal of Honor in Vietnam. Some of them were my friends. Very brave, dedicated, loyal men, gladly. I know you've heard a lot of statistics about the war. Most of them are wrong. And uh, believe me, they are. News media propaganda. 
Most people that fought in Vietnam weren't drafted. Most of them volunteered. There wasn't a bunch of uh, just black men that went over there. Uh, not at all. There wasn't a bunch of uneducated pot smokers. That wasn't so. There may have been some, but the majority of them weren't. I weren't. And those that come back didn't turn into a bunch of crazy people. If you will look at most of uh, what the media or Hollywood puts out, you'd think they were all a bunch of drug addicts and, and street people. That's not so. The majority of them have turned out to be successful businessmen, happily married. Amen. It's not what you read. Now, a lot of them didn't. A lot of folks did uh, die after they, there was suicide. Those things did happen. But the majority of the men that fought in Vietnam were dedicated, brave young men. And they did not lose a battle. Whatever battle they ever fought. And uh, the country wasn't behind them. Everybody was against them, it seemed like. But they fought for one another. They were dedicated to one another. And boy, I thank God for that. Wouldn't it be great if Christians were like that? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that kind of, of dedication, that kind of spirit of the core, that we'd dedicate ourselves to God no matter what happened. We, we'd serve Him with everything we have. Well, some do. Wouldn't it be good if all did? If every one of us had a sense of duty a sense of honor about our service toward God. I want you to take your Bibles. I, I've been wrestling on what to preach. And again, I'm just going to preach one verse. So if you'll take your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 9. Y'all pray for a preacher by the name of Scott. I've got a deacon, Bradley Scott, in my church. His brother is a pastor of a, a little Baptist church and had a little problem with his breathing and they thought they'd put, put him in the hospital and run some tests on him the other day. And they did and they found out yesterday that he's got cancer in his lungs and in his bones. And uh, I found out before I left home that he could die just any minute. And... Uh, uh, that's a, a blessing uh, that he gets to go home first. And he's a good Christian, loves God, and uh, but you pray for the family. It's always difficult uh, to say goodbye. You remember him in your prayers. Let me read Luke chapter number 9, and I want to preach on the subject total commitment. Total commitment. I, I don't know if we understand what that word commitment means anymore. I wonder if we really, really understand what it means to be totally committed to something. My wife and I have been married 37 years, going on 38 years, and, and uh, uh, when we got married, she didn't get much. Uh, I was, I don't know how in the world she ever fell in love with me anyhow, but I was a low-down, good-for-nothing rascal, and, and she stuck with me. I mean, through some bad times, bad times, she stuck with me. And, of course, those mili being a military wife uh, for all those years is a difficult thing, man. You, Especially me. I went and fought everybody's war. I, went every, and I was gone for almost three years. Just come home for a little while and left again. And fighting in everybody's war. And she hung in there and wrote me every day. I mean, just stuck by me. You know what that is? That's commitment. When she married me, for better or for worse, she didn't know it was going to be worse most of the time. <laughs> but she was committed to that. We've never thought about divorce being an option. And all our hard, difficult times, it never was an option. I mean, never thought about that. We were committed to marriage. 
and I, I guess it's the way we were raised. We, we didn't think that marriage was, was something you tried for a while. And if it worked out, fine. If it, if it didn't work out, junk it and, and try again. I, I don't think God ever intended for that to happen. Now, I, I'm not throwing stones at anybody that I've been divorced and, and remarried. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not throwing stones. I know there's a lot of people that have. We've been brought up in a, a difficult time, and, and there's a lot of that going on. But it's not an unforgivable sin. I mean, if you have messed up, Come on, admit it, will you? Don't get mad at everybody that talks about it. Admit it. If you messed up, get up, dust yourself off, and go from where you are. Amen. You may not be able to change what happened, but you can change what happens from now on. Hey, God never intended us to try it for a while if we like it good. If we don't, He said the twain become one flesh. I didn't say that. I, that's not something I made up somewhere. God said that. And that's why it's very important, you young ladies and, and you young men, that you think about what you're doing. You think about it. And a fellow tell me, I think God's calling me to the mission field in Panama. He said, now I got the Air Force. If I go to Panama and it doesn't work out, I can go back in the Air Force. I said, just go back in the Air Force, man. God don't want you in Panama. Come on, preacher. You're not fit to go to Panama. You're not fit to be a missionary. Hey, you you don't try this out for a while and see if you like it. I'm going to see if I if I'll make a breeze. You don't try it for a while. Son, if you're committed, you go. That's what you do, no matter what. There, there isn't no retreating. There, there isn't any turning around. There isn't any giving up. I don't try it for a while. I go and do it. I go and do it. That's what God wants. He wants us to give ourselves to God. As for me and my house, we'll try serving the Lord. No! As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want you to think about this being totally committed unto God. No trying it for a while and then, then turn back and give up and if it don't work and if everything in hunky-dory, then, then I'll quit it. Hey, that's not what the child of God is supposed to do. No turning around. You just keep going. You just keep going. You just keep serving. If something gets in your way, you walk over the top of it. Amen. You don't turn around. You don't surrender. You don't give up. You just keep serving God. Total commitment. Means if she gets sick, you still love her. You still take care of her. All right, let me read my text. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, and follow me. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, oh God, I pray you'll help me to be totally committed unto you. God, to have my values right, my priorities right. God, help me. And every man here, and every woman here, And every child here, God, help us, God, to be committed. Help Christianity not to be a part of our lives, but to be our lives. Oh, Father, we'll thank you for that. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We need to remember that Christianity
Christianity is not something that we do. It's something that we are. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, we are Christians all the time. And unfortunately, Christianity has become a part of our lives. It's not supposed to be a part of my life. It's supposed to be my life. You've probably heard me say this before. I want to say it again because I, I think it's very important. I used to say that love was given the other person the biggest piece of pie. That's not love. Love is giving the other person all the pie. Amen. We don't give him a piece of our pie. We don't give him a piece of our lives. We don't give him a piece of our time. We don't give him a piece of our possessions. We give him everything we are, everything we have, everything we ever hope to be. That's what God wants out of us. That's total commitment. And unfortunately, not many people want that. He, he won't settle for anything less. It's what He expects from us. Following the Lord requires a forsaking of self-interest. Wow. A surrendering of, of my interest to His interest. That's what it means. A total commitment uh, to His plans, a, a total commitment to uh, His purpose, a, a total commitment to His will. That's what He's talking about here. The cost of this commitment is great. And it's not natural. It's not natural. It's not natural. I can't do it. It's not a normal, natural thing for me to do. I don't want to do it. My flesh don't want to do it. Come on, preacher. That's why it's important that I be led by the Spirit. Come on, preacher. If we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh wants to go fishing. The lust of the flesh wants to do something else. And there's nothing wrong going fishing. Thank God for that. Nothing wrong deer hunting either. And ain't a thing in the world wrong playing golf and riding Harley Davidson. But there's got to be putting God first. It's not natural. Come on, preacher. Natural things lay in the sack till about 10 o'clock in the morning. Get up and scratch your tummy and find something to eat. The unnatural things rolling out at 4 o'clock in the morning and getting on your face before God and open up the Word of God and getting a hold of heaven and, and getting a burden, getting a, what we used to call in the military the plan of the day. You look at the plan of the day and find out who had to watch. Find out who had the duty, amen? You look at the plan of the day. That, that's what we need to do as children of God. Get out of bed and, and find out what God wants me to do today. That's what total commitment is. His will, not mine. His interest, not mine. And he's talking about that here. This is a supernatural life. I can't do it. And I don't particularly want to do it. But if He is leading me, then I do want to do it. And guess what? I can do it. Amen. I can! I can! I can do it! I can do all things! All things! Everything through Christ which strengtheneth me. I want to do it. I can do it. Thank God I can. We've got to believe that. Now, let me give you six things out of this verse tonight very quickly. First of all, notice the people. The people. He says, if any man will, I like that, amen. <laughs> Means he's got.
got a little choice in this thing. There, there's a little volition. He, uh, uh, he makes a decision and, 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 and he decides. Three things here. First, there's the possible choice. If. If. Some will, some, if you decide to, if you make that decision, if, 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 any man. Now, he's talking about everyone. There ain't no such thing as these Sunday morning Christians, as far as he's concerned. There is no uh, closet Christians in the family of God if they're genuine and, and real and, and honest. There's a choice that's made, the possible choice, if... And it's a personal choice. Any man, hey, thank God for this. It doesn't make any difference who you are, what you got, where you came from. If any man. Now, I got kicked out of school in the eighth grade. Wasn't because I was dumb, it's because I didn't want to go to school. And I joined the military when I was 17. Told you on my 17th birthday, I was in boot camp. And my daddy always told me I was stupid. I'd never amount to nothing. He was knee eight in the army. What do them soldiers know anyhow? So I believed it. Figured all I could do is fight. So I joined service, and that's what I did. I did all that until I got saved. A week after I got home from Vietnam, I got saved. And when I got saved, guess what? God called me to preach. And I only went to the eighth grade. Now, I did good in the military. Now, I was smart. Now, I, I could handle it, but I only had eighth grade education. So I decided I need to get my high school diploma, and I did that right away. Thought a preacher ought to at least go to high school. And I'm a disabled veteran. I'm 68. I'm 60% dis disabled. And you can tell I can't hardly get along at all, huh? God's taking care of me. I, I do good for a pitiful little old uh, crippled man. Amen. And God's been good to me. So Uncle Sam decided they'd send me to school. Had 15 years in service and had to get out because of the war. And, and they decided they'd send me to school. So I went on school and got my, my bachelor's degree. Wow, now or something. I knew something. See, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing. I need to go to school. I'll tell you what I need to do in school. I need to learn how to study. I didn't know how to study. I need to find out a little bit about history and, and geography and a little bit about where that Bible came from, a little bit about Bible times and, and who the uh, prophets were and, and what kings were the kings over the prophets and, and the pre-exilic and, and post-exilic times. I needed to know some of those things. Come on, preacher. I need to know who the minor prophets were. I, I didn't know if they worked in the mines or what. <laughs> I got my bachelor's degree, and then a good friend of mine, Colonel Elsby, said, uh, Hey, Biggs, why don't you just go on back to school, and I'll pay for it. Well, man, I'd be glad to go to school if somebody's going to pay for it. And I was right there, so I went and got my master's degree. Boy, I was tickled to death. Here I, I went from a, a high school dropout, and now I got a master's degree. Hallelujah. Oh, what a wonderful God. Little old stupid on. kid. And now I got a master's degree. Then guess what happened? He said, you might as well go on and get your doctor's degree. And he said, I'll pay for it. Well, man, if you're going to pay for it, I will. And I did. Little old stupid High school dropout, graduated top of my class. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, buddy, God can do it. Yes, it don't make any difference amen. who you are. If any man, any man, you don't have to be good looking. Thank God for that. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to have a good background. All you've got to do is well to do I want to be the very best I can be. Come on, preacher. I was preaching at Faith Baptist Camp about 20 years ago. Oh, maybe it's been longer than that. But I was preaching. I wrote a message sitting there in the campground, and, and boy, I preached. 
And they taped it. Boy, it's a good message. I, I want a copy of it. I want to listen to it on the way home. So I got a copy of that message, and it was wonderful. And there's an old fellow led the singing, Brother Turner, set up on the platform. And he was the yakking while I was the preaching. And he was, I must have been standing by him. He said to Brother Sammy, he said, that man preaches with his whole body. Amen. And that's on that tape. And, and that tape was going everywhere. And I thought about that. And I thought, hallelujah, that's what I want to do. I want to preach with everything I got, everything I am, lock, stock, and barrel. I want to do it all. And I can. Come on, preacher. If I will do. That's it. I can do all things through Christ. But if any man will. That's right. See, there's that personal choice, man. There's some things nobody can do for you. My wife can't study for me. She can't do that. She can't prepare for me. She can't do these. There's some things I got to do for myself. She can't. She can't have that walk with God for me. She can't do it. It's something I got to do for myself. It's a personal thing. If any man will. Now listen to what he's saying. Man, I got to hurry. I'll get to chasing rabbits here. Possible choice if. Personal choice any man. And a plan, Joyce, will, will. He doesn't make us do it. We choose to do it. If any man will. Now, you're a pretty good-sized boy. I'm an old man, and I'm disabled. But I guarantee you I can get you on your knees bawling like a little baby. And begging me to let you go. But that don't mean nothing. Some things you gotta choose to do. God doesn't make us get saved, and, and God doesn't make us make us serve Him. He lets us. He lets. Hey, I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. I don't have to preach. I get to preach. Thank God. Somebody said today, I at the music store, I had to pick up some mics. She said, "Boy, I I I, I really do respect you." for going over to Southeast Asia so much. I said, ma'am, it'd break my heart if I didn't get to go. Amen. Hey, people act like it's a, a terrible sacrifice. Oh, how terrible. Man, it's not terrible at all. It's wonderful. I get to go. I get to go. Hear my Lord. Send me. I choose to go. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We choose to do that. Amen. If any man will, if, if he'll personally choose. Talking about total commitment. The people, but then the purpose. Come after me. Look at this. That means to live for me. It means to labor for me. It means to love me. Amen. If you choose to come after me, give it all to me. Wow. There's a purpose. Is there not a cause? Man, have you ever heard my, my five messages on David and Goliath? Oh, son, I started writing that thing, and I got in the first part of that chapter, and I dealt, and it got so big, I ended up with four messages. Then I had a couple little verses left over, and I thought, man, it'd be good if I could get another, I could get another sermon out of that last one, get a series, five-message series on David and Goliath. And I said, well, I don't think there's anything there. Son, I read that again. Man, God got a hold of me. And that's the greatest message out of the five. It said the king called for him. Hallelujah. And he wasn't empty-handed when he went. He had Goliath's head and, and he had his sword. Amen. Glory to God. I see him in the beginning, that little boy. 
was not scared. He said, I'll go fight him. Come on. Is there not a cause? He said, there's a purpose. Come on, preacher. Yes. Come, follow me. I'll tell you what, there's some people I'd follow anywhere. I've known some. I've known some gunner sergeants, some chief petty officers that I'd follow anywhere. I believe I'd follow Schwarzkopf anywhere. If he called me up night and said, Biggs, get your guns and your gear and pack up, we're moving out. I'd say, aye, aye, sir, I'm on my way. There are some fellas I'd follow anywhere. You ask my wife, I'm not just preaching. I'm telling you the truth. She knows. Desert storm, I like to have a fit. I want to go bear so bad. So I just sent my son my place. Amen. <laughs> Let me tell you what. There's one person that I'd follow anywhere. Come on, preacher. Anytime. That's the Lord. Man, that's got to be our purpose. That's got to be our purpose. If you're willing, get up from where you are. Get up from where you are and follow me. Choose to do it. There's a purpose. Let me give you this. First, notice the people. Second, the purpose. Third, the priorities. It says, let him deny himself. Let me see, you, you can't serve two masters, you see. You can't be boss and God be boss. You can't be in charge and, and Him be in charge too, you see. I, I, that's the way it is in the church. You can't have half a dozen pastors. You can't do it. It won't work, amen. just won't work. Let Him deny Himself. Lord. I don't have nothing no more. I don't have no time. I don't have no talent. I don't have no treasure. It's all yours. It belongs to you. Oh, God's put that to the test for you. I collect guns and knives. I like them. Son, I like them. I'm a pretty good shot even as an old man. I've had a really good collection twice. And I've had to sell it. I told the Lord everything I had was His. <laughs> and when it come time, wasn't no argument. My wife tell you, no argument at all. We had a nice little farm in Virginia. Boy, we liked it. She loved a little apple orchard and a little... Uh, she said, okay. You love that house. Didn't argue with me a bit. And you know what? He just keeps on taking care of me. I sell it and he gives it back. I give it away and he gives it back. I shovel out, he shovels in. His shovel's bigger than my shovel, amen. Hallelujah! It's all his! He said he'd take care of all my need. I mean, every bit of it. He'd take care of it. If I'd follow him, if I'd give it all to him, he'd take care of it. Boy, he meant that. Problem is, is we don't want to. That's right. Now, Lord, I'll go to Hawaii as a missionary, but I ain't going no Africa. <laughs> Son, you're not going nowhere. That's right. I'll preach in a big church, but I ain't preaching no sinking jail. Come on. <laughs> you might as well go home and be with Grandma. Amen. Now, listen to me. I'm talking about total commitment. We've gotten away from this. You know, we try and find a little time for God. We might have a dollar or two left over. You hear a whole lot of amens going on every day. Let him deny himself. It's a personal action. Let him. It's a powerful attitude. Deny himself. That word deny means to disregard your own interests. People, the purpose, the priorities, and the, the persecution. And take up his cross. 
Oh, man, now it's getting rough. It's bad enough I got to give up everything I got. It's bad enough I got to give him everything I got. All my time, all my talent, all my treasure. I got to give it all up, and now I might get killed. can't think of any better way to go. If you haven't read Fox's Book of Martyrs in a while, you ought to pick it up and read it again. You and some of you teenagers ought to read about them teenagers that jumped in the fire. So if you don't deny Christ, we're going to throw you in this fire. They said, you don't have to throw us, and they jumped. You know, as long as it's, man, it's just too hot. I don't want to go out there, man. It's just... Them tent meetings, the bugs eat up your ankles. Why don't they just have it in a nice air-conditioned church? I don't <laughs> Lord help us. I think maybe once a year we ought to just have the service outside standing up so we can appreciate the goodness of God. Take up His cross. There's duty. Pick it up! Pick it up! You! Pick it up! Then there's determination. Carry it. Pick it up and carry it and keep on carrying it! Then there's death. Die on it. Take up thy cross. That's talking about death. That's talking about capital punishment. That's talking about dying. I'm talking about total commitment. When I volunteered to go to Vietnam, I moved my wife to Orlando, Florida to be where my family was. Because my chances of coming back from the war weren't good at all. As a matter of fact, there wasn't very good odds I'd be back. I went to Vietnam to die. When I volunteered, I went, I got everything ready, I got every, everything, power of attorney, everything, sold everything, sold my gun, sold everything, went to Vietnam, because I didn't ever plan on coming back. And I'd go again. I'd go, well, matter of fact, I have been. And I look forward to it. Children, total commitment to God. And we may have to face in this country very soon real persecution for the children of God. That's right. They're building an army now in the, the name of FEMA. And I won't get into all that, but that's here in America. What in the world's FEMA doing with an army? And I found out that that 100,000 Chinese are part of FEMA. What will it take for you to denounce him? How much will it take for you to throw in the towel? Could I tell you something? You can't throw in the towel. The towel's not yours. <laughs> it belongs to him, amen. We need to... Take up our cross and carry it, and if need be, die on it. Stay with me now. I'm going somewhere. The people, the purpose, the priorities, the persecutions, and the persistence. Daily. Daily. Persistent means to go on resolute, resolutely in spite of difficulties. Keep on. In this we see faith. We see faithfulness, and we see fearlessness. Oh, God, make me brave. I'm not brave. Make me brave. Make me brave. They'll ask me one time, said, Preacher, what's the difference between a hero and a coward? I said, well, they're both scared. The one is overcome by fear, and the other overcomes fear. God, make me brave. Give me the courage. 
Young lady, you may have to pray that someday if God deals with his little old heart to go serve on a foreign field somewhere where you've got to live in the grass that and eat rice. My friend Corporal Glenn Colley, I love him. In Cambodia, living in Phnom Penh, he and I go up to the northern province and, and oh man. He went to Cambodia when Americans weren't even allowed in Cambodia seven years ago. He said, I've come here to die. He said, I ain't never Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Getting mighty quiet. I'll wrap this thing up. I got a longer drive than you do. Last of all, the people, the purpose, the priorities, the persecution, the persistence, and the practice. Follow me. You know what that means? means take the same road with me as a habit of life. That's what it means. Get on the same road I'm on and stay on it. You need to have the same life, the same labor, the same love, and the same loss. I totally commit myself to God. I could lose my friends, my family, my country. Let me give you this, and I'll close. Verse 24 and 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged If he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. Preacher, I don't know what in the world you're going to do with this, but I'm going to give it to you in a minute. I thought a lot about this preacher dying. He's about my age. I buried a fellow the other day, and I preached on that revelation that you read chapter... Uh, 21, I guess, in verse 4. And I preached at his funeral on what you won't find in heaven. There <laughs> won't be no tears. There won't be no sorrow. There won't be no death. There won't be no suffering in heaven. thought about this preacher had been faithful and he's going to die tonight or tomorrow or the next day. You see, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. Say, why didn't God heal him? Because he didn't want to. Say, I don't believe that. Well, I'm sorry. But everybody dies. Told you the other night, our old Roberts had a heart attack. They had to do a... Yeah, had to work on his heart. How come he didn't just fix it? Huh? I'm serving God, man. Why's my hair turning gray? Son, what do you got glasses on for? Why are your teeth falling out? Why is this fellow having trouble getting down them stairs? I'll tell you why. We're living in cursed bodies in a cursed world. And I told you this before. I want to tell you again. You're not from here. You ought to see me when I walk through those villages in Vietnam. Son, they just can't believe it. Little kids come up and want to feel the hair on my arm. They don't have no hair on their arms now. They just can't believe that. And I told my wife, I said, this Cambodian lady come up to me now. You'll get a kick out of this. And she said, you very handsome man. <laughs> I tell her that every week, amen. <laughs> See, they hadn't never seen anything like that. I carried that rice up in that northern province, and those people never seen, those kids never seen a white man other than Corporal Collie. Never. And here comes this great big guy. Now, you got to figure, these, these men weigh 80, 90 pounds, and I weigh 250. And they're about that big. And I'm very loud. And they couldn't believe it. 
You know what? I didn't have to tell him I wasn't from around there. I mean, right off, even the little ones knew that I wasn't from there. I was from somewhere else. Well, I'm not from here. I've been talking about that. Now, listen to me. If you'll listen to what I've been preaching, I'm heading in the same direction all the time. And what I'm telling you is you got here traveling light, and you're going to leave here traveling light. You didn't bring anything when you got here. You ain't taking anything when you leave. You're just passing through. I've been serving God. Come on to the piano and start playing that thing for about 28 years. Well, I served the devil about the same amount. I want God to have more of my time than the devil has. I really do. And when I leave here, I want somebody to know I was here. Enoch was gone, and they knew it. I'd hate to leave, and nobody knew I ever lived. You see, my life is not here. I'm coming back here and live and reign with Him for a thousand years on this earth. He's coming again soon. I thought I heard some horses earlier. He's coming soon. I may preach on that tomorrow night. I don't know. I haven't decided on Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. It's not your reward. It's His reward to give every man according to what? How his work should be. Are you listening to me? What I got now don't mean nothing. What he's bringing with him to give me later is what counts. Now, I might make it to 60. I wouldn't give you odds I've made it to 50. I might make it to 60. But I feel like the Lord probably come for that. If he don't, maybe I can make it to 70. But what I got here don't mean nothing. See, I've been storing some stuff up. Not in the bank account. Man, they're passing the law now where the bankers have control of everything you've got. Next week they'll probably pass that thing where they'll tell everything you do. And this millennium coming in may wipe everything out anyhow. I mean, these things are all temporary. don't mean nothing. Oh, man, I hate to shut up. What time is it? God prepared a gourd for Jonah. And Jonah liked that gourd. Oh, it was so comfortable under that gourd. And then God put a worm in it. What I'm trying to say to you is everything's got a worm in it. Them new cars, them new motorcycles, them new fishing boats, that new suit, it's all got a worm in it, man. It's all got a worm in it. So why are we working so hard to get and keep and hold on to something's got a worm in it? including our own stinking bodies. I got a friend that's a millionaire, and he wants to be a multi-millionaire, and he's probably going to drop dead any day. He keeps saying, well, I'm going to take it easy one of these days, but he's so greedy, he's got to make another million. And he doesn't enjoy anything. He's got a worm in him. And it's going to eat him up. So maybe we need to be thinking about not what we... Go ahead and play something pretty, will you? 
not what we got now, but what we're going to have. Now, I really expect to be somebody when I come back. I do. I do. I expect to be somebody for His honor and His glory. And you see, it's not anything I've done. It's what He's done in me. His reward is with Him to give me. See, I couldn't do anything, but I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So as long as I'll give myself, commit myself to Him, as long as I'll commit myself to Him, He'll do something through me and in me. Amen. And then He'll reward me for what He does in me. He doesn't want my talent. He doesn't want my good looks. He doesn't want my money. He wants my faithfulness. Faithfulness. That's all I need to give Him. Lord, I ain't much. But I want to get on the same road you're on and follow you. Where He leads me, I will follow. I'll go with Him. Fellas that wrote that knew what he was talking about. How committed are you? How committed? A little bit committed? No, he's not talking about a little bit. He's talking about total That's not something you just jump in all of a sudden. Oh, you add to your faith, you add to your faith, you add to your faith. God grows you and develops you and uses you. Simplify. The Marine Corps motto, always faithful. We as the children of God may ought to greet each other that way. Simplify, brother. Simplify, sister. Always faithful. A little over. Let's stand together. I'm going to give it to the preacher. You bow your heads and close your eyes. God's spoken to your heart. Yes, God bless you. Come on. Oh, preacher, I want to be a good soldier. Timothy, it talks about that. Will you come? Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to be totally committed, surrendered. I want to follow Him. Will you come tonight? Come on.